Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you take the tiny steps of a ladder. My guest this week is Adea Byra and she is the founder of Based in Science, which is an organization working to encourage more youth in STEM-related careers. Adea has an interesting story because her parents are from Kosovo, she grew up in London, and now she studies at St. Andrews in Scotland. I am really excited to share her story with you all. So without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring Adea Byra. So my name's Adea Byra. Um, I'm born and raised in London, as you can tell by my accent. Um, and But both of my parents are from Kosovo. So this is like a country in Southeastern Europe. And I've always kind of felt connected to my home country and also to the idea of STEM because I'm at the University of St Andrews in Scotland. So eight hours away from home <laughs> um, and I study biochemistry there. So the whole idea kind of behind Basin Science um, was to start like a nonprofit that like inspired youth from across the area of Kosovo, so the Balkan area. Um, and the UK so up until now it's like the first almost registered charity um, that combines kind of both countries and kind of both nations Um, and we basically work together with a team of youth 30 of us and 30 and increasing actually every single day and we just kind of work to create STEM resources different STEM events open primary schools open sorry clubs in primary schools across the whole Balkans Um, So yeah, that's pretty much like a little elevator pitch. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing that little elevator pitch. And I am so excited to learn more about your story. So I would love to dive a little deeper and have you tell me about how you found this passion for STEM and how you got started with this work. Can you tell me some about your background leading up to Based in Science? Yeah, of course. So I've kind of, I always got encouraged to kind of enter a STEM career and it's not like the idea of ethnic parents pushing you into a particular career but instead it was like a gentle guidance um specifically from my father but also from my mother um because every single Saturday and Sunday uh, my father and I would sit down including my siblings my younger brother and sister and we'd kind of explore STEM in a different way looking at videos public speaking in terms of kind of talking out about STEM um and just watching loads of YouTube videos learning about topics we didn't really explore at school so you could say that I was more advanced in the specific field of biology when I went to school because of like the extra work we did at home with my family and off the back of that it was kind of like um chemistry sets for Christmas and birthdays and like reading particular STEM books um learning about the stories of Rosalind Franklin, Mary Curie, Rachel Carson so it was just developing the idea of kind of picking a correct path that I found myself in and as I kind of grew up in school I found that I really had a good support network of teachers but also students and friends that were all going kind of down the field of biology and chemistry and physics and to be honest there wasn't really a point at which I felt that I didn't belong in this field um, except from the idea of in my A-level physics class so for A-levels that is like the entrance exam just before you go to university um, I was the only girl in the physics class um, out of a a class of 30. So of course the rest were males, but um, I wasn't really kind of picked on or anything. It was just, 
it was just an interesting experience um and that kind of channeled into a charity um later on when I developed it during the pandemic because I didn't really have much to do <laughs> during that time period so it was just like a fun kind of starter and yeah that's so interesting and I think it's so cool that you've been able to base your activism on your own experiences and that just gives you so much passion for your work. So I would also love to know more about Based in Science and what you're doing on a day-to-day basis with the organization. Can you tell me what that organization looks like now that you've spent so much time getting it up and running in multiple countries now? Of course, thank you so much. Um, Yeah, so I've, like I said, I've always been connected to Kosovo. Every single summer, my parents would take us and the idea came about during the pandemic in 2020. So quite around a very similar time as when you started your podcast, actually, which is so cool. Um, and it was just like a chance for me to explore if I really enjoyed this sort of nonprofit world. And I would sit down with my father. I was 16 at the time. Um, and I would sit down with my father and we would discuss like kind of the issues and the news all the time. And being fluent in Albanian quite helped, quite helped me a lot, actually, um, because I could properly communicate with people whenever I was back in Kosovo. But um, to be honest, I only started it during the pandemic and it was it started a series of mentoring schemes where I connected 100 youth from Kosovo with 100 PhD researchers across the UK. And that was honestly the most craziest thing I've done up to this day. (laughs) I've never sent so many emails in my life. Um, And it was just such an exciting moment. And to be honest, there's no particular reason as to, or like a particular inspirational point that caused me to do that. It was just like kind of my own will and brainstorming different ways that I could connect uh, professionals and young people. Um, And then I got such an incredible influx of positive feedback from those mentoring schemes that um, one of the actual members of the mentoring scheme asked me, why don't you like open this out and continue? And I thought, what's the best way to continue? Turn it into a nonprofit. So Basin Science officially began in like the end of September of 2020, sorry. And that's where we just kind of, I started small by reaching out to schools and asking my dad to kind of reach out to people in his generation who are teachers and head teachers. And that's how I created sign up forms. And that's the time that Zoom was coming about. Um, and I connected so many people, uh, so many youth from Kosovo actually together to create small groups. Um, and then we kind of split into different sections. So now we have an outreach team, we have social media team, and we have an events team. And there's like a mix of both British nationals and different kind of ethnic minorities in the UK, as well as um, those loads of students from Kosovo. And the common language is English. So both sides are kind of practicing the English. So yeah, very much excited. Yeah, definitely. And that's such an innovative way of using social media and Zoom and really just exploring all of the technologies you could to really make this project happen. So you saw this need for more STEM education in Kosovo in particular, and of course, in other countries as well. Can you tell me some about that need for more STEM education and why you chose to address this issue in particular with your work and your organization? Yeah, of course. So STEM, like I said, always has been a passion of mine, but it was kind of an activism point that stimulated me to kind of continue this further. Because as much as I love learning about STEM, I also like to ensure that other people are as lucky as I am in terms of having the opportunities. Because when I came back home to Pristina, my mum's home city and my dad's Jakova, um, I realised that 
um, I kind of heard a lot of youth telling me stories like, oh, we don't have this. For example, we don't have basic textbooks or the textbooks that we do have are from like the 1980s. Um, and in the schools, we don't even have the basic laboratory equipment. So I thought, hang on a second, something isn't right here. If we are like the youngest country in Europe, talking about Kosovo, then something is not particularly right there, especially because Kosovo's population is all like 70% of our population is below the age of 35. So you can just imagine how much potential there is to develop specifically in STEM. Um, and that's not to say that there aren't loads of people already in the STEM fields, because in Kosovo right now, 50% of women um, are studying computer science as opposed to 50% of men. So it's pretty much even in that field. But the issue comes to learning. So they have the textbooks, but they're only learning from textbooks currently. And if you know, everyone kind of knows that if you want to go into a STEM career, especially research based or practical based, you need to kind of have some sort of prior experience to that. And a lot of these people and students just did not have that at all. There was no laboratories. And I've actually visited many, many schools, at least 100. And I've noticed it's the same common theme. It's the same rundown sort of buildings. It's the same kind of equipment they may have used in my parents' generation and maybe even less now because the interest has shifted from looking at practical based subjects onto more um, written type of stuff. And I've noticed that specifically those studying medicine and more research based like biology, they're really suffering because they, they can't compete with a job market if they were to study outside um, because they've not had any prior experience as opposed to me. Um, who has had kind of every single week minimum at least one experiment to do with chemistry, biology or physics. So it was something that really shocked me. And after speaking with the prime minister, I got invited to meet um, him, Albin Kurti, his name is, of Kosovo. We kind of developed and explored how and what more we could do. So we started the idea of kind of setting up a conference, introducing the people to kind of STEM. But one thing, one common theme we came across I came across was that um, the mentality of parents is quite tough here, especially because they're kind of pushing their children to go down the route of engineering and medicine. So again, it's the changing of mentality and it's introducing practical based and opening the eyes of the youth in primary schools as well. So we kind of started looking at opening STEM clubs after school where we could ask local universities to borrow scientific equipment and um, kind of ask the teachers to stay behind an hour like they do in the UK um, and work based off a curriculum that we would prepare for them um, like we work together as a group to kind of prepare a curriculum for the after school clubs and so far that's going pretty well we've opened about 25 different clubs but the goal is to do it in every single primary school so that kind of when students wish to study at university and then compete in different job markets across Europe they're not at a disadvantage so yeah it kind of lies very close to my heart because um, I see how clever and how smart and how intelligent the people here are and they just don't have the opportunity. So, yeah. That's so interesting. And I think the materials and the mindset and the curriculum, all of those points are so important. They all contribute to making sure that everyone has an equal opportunity, which you are working to provide with Based in Science. So I have one last question for you. Lots of young people, particularly college students and high school students, want to create change and want to make a difference, but they may not know how to get started. Do you have any advice for those people who may be listening? Yes, thank you for the question, actually. I love questions like this. It really puts me into like a thinking mode. Um, I love that. So my advice would be to kind of assess your surroundings as a beginning so you can stop making change by making it on a small level 
So I guess some people kind of feel intimidated to begin because they see people like Greta Thunberg and other incredible inspirational people across the world that are making change on huge scales. But making change doesn't just apply globally. It can apply to some small, tiny thing, even if it's in your community, like maybe giving hot food to elderly people who can't afford it or who can't have it, things like that. Or maybe just looking after the elderly even during COVID or going around to primary schools and providing kind of opportunities as a mentor for them. So really my advice would be to kind of um, assess your surroundings, but also look at where your passions lie. So if you're kind of in the field of um, maybe politics or studying politics at university or you aim to do so in high school, um, you could start small by joining your local council or things like that and just speaking up about kind of your beliefs because it doesn't just apply to stems uh, change can be made across any single subject so starting small making small steps is always the best thing because you cannot take a huge leap without having like the tiny steps of a ladder um, and yeah just connecting to people and like-minded people that you find on social media on twitter um, on kind of Instagram, on Facebook. So just finding those who are activists, taking inspiration from them, reaching out to them for advice. You can even reach out to me <laughs> if you need some small steps of advice because I will be so happy to help at all. But thank you so much for the question. I learned so much through this conversation with Adea about STEM education in Kosovo, which I really didn't know anything about before, but now I do. I want to highlight Adea's advice that she shared at the end of our conversation about taking tiny steps up a ladder. I think her story really embodies this advice because of how Adea assessed her surroundings and really started small. She saw the lack of access to quality STEM education in Kosovo and started figuring out ways to address that issue. Her organization, based in science, started small and just included Kosovo and the UK and has now expanded to involve people in five countries. Spending so much time in Kosovo, Idea had the opportunity to pinpoint a problem in the country that she felt passionate about and felt like she could chip away at, and she's been offering STEM resources for over two years now. Based in Science started small and has grown so much bigger since, which is a great example of how change comes when you take the tiny steps of a ladder. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can find Idea on Instagram at Idea to get connected with her. You can also find Based in Science on Instagram as well at Based in Science if you want to check that out. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.